Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace. Sit back, relax, and listen in. He's calling us to dominate today. He's calling us as a church to have a stand today, to make a stand today. Our focus here at the Gathering Church is simple, and it's always been simple. And our purpose statement says this, The Gathering Church is a place of grace where people far from God experience life in Christ. I'm going to say that again. The Gathering Church is a place of grace where people far from God experience life in Christ. So now we're going to have a little classroom session. We're going to say it all together now. I'm going to lead you out. The Gathering Church is a place of grace where people far from God experience life in Christ. Oh, let's try that again. The Gathering Church is a place of grace where people far from God Experience life in Christ. Okay, third time a charm, and I want you to sit with some attitude. I want you to know that you know that you know what you're saying. You ready? One, two, three. The Gathering Church, the gathering church is a place of grace. grace. Where people far from God experience life in Christ. Give the Lord some praise. Come on. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 12. We're dominating today. We are, we are inheriting the promises that God has for us today as a people. My job is to agitate you this morning. You need to move. Some of you, the Lord is saying, you're too comfortable And so what God does, he begins to shake the boat. He begins to give you a little itch that you can't get rid of when you scratch because he wants you to do something. Sometimes God agitates us to move, amen, because we'll get comfortable where we are. In the book of Genesis chapter 12, we're reading about the account of our very father, Abraham. Here begins the ring of God's word. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people. And your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. And I will bless you. I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. You will be a blessing. This is our father Abraham. This is a guy who was about 75 years old. Of course, if you grew up in the church, you sung, Father Abraham had many sons. Come on. And many sons had Father Abraham. What? And so are you. So what are we doing? So. Right. Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know, you know, yeah, I know. All right, all right. Praise the Lord. So Father Abraham received a promise from God. He received a promise from God. God spoke to him and said, I will make you, not just one person, you into a great person, into a great, not person, into a great nation. 
I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. Uh, He gave him a promise. Now, we learn that God is not like man that he shall lie, and that what God has spoken, it shall come to pass. God gave Abraham a promise to inherit. He gave Abraham a vision. He gave Abraham a dream. Now, in Abraham's eyes, he said, well, I'm married to Sarah. But Sarah, later, she becomes. And Sarah is barren. Um, She can't have no kids. So how are you going to make me into a great nation? But last time I checked, all things are possible to them that believe. Amen? And so he dared to believe God. He dared to step out on God's word. It was crazy because God said, go from your country. Go from your people. Go from your father's household to a land I will show you. Now notice Abraham did not know where he was going. He had no idea the type of journey he would have to endure to get to the promise. When we started the gathering church, we had no idea where we were going. But we were just responding to the promises and we said yes. When God began to speak to my heart when I moved to the city of Hackensack, Amen. From the boogie down Bronx. Amen. New York City in the house. Praise the Lord. Amen. And I moved to Jersey. Amen. Not the Jersey Shore, but Jersey. And, and I moved to Jersey. I didn't see Snooky in the situation in them, but I saw Jesus in him. And so what began to happen is God began to speak to my heart. And he says, Arthur, I want you to start a church here. And I said, Lord, who, me? Surely not me. I just got married. I just came from New York. I, I feel so inadequate. I was, I, I was like Moses. Lord, I can't speak. I, I stutter. I, I have so many things that are telling me that I can't do this. But I dare to believe God. And when I see each and every one of your face today, it's just a miracle of the promises of God. What I've seen that we've been in, 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 um, moving forth in ministry in our eighth year now, I say, look what the Lord has done. And even as we declared in November, the best is yet to come. Amen. Greater things are coming. We haven't seen anything yet. I dared to believe God. A group of us dared, dared to believe God. And we are seeing the promises of God. One thing we have to understand, we believe God for a vision, is that many times, many times, the strategy might change, but the vision will never change. When you look at vision... Vision is static. What's something that's static? Something that is stationary. Something that is fixed. I just said our vision statement. The gathering church is a place of grace where people far from God experience life in Christ. That is the vision. That is fixed. That will forever be our vision. Everything we do from the gathering church is contingent upon the vision that he's given the visionary. So that will never change. Ah, but the strategy will change. The strategy is fluid. The strategy shifts. And so, many times, as we're fulfilling the vision, God will give us different strategies to accomplish the vision and the plan. Every year, God has given us something new to do. Every year, God has challenged us. Every year, God has given us new ideas. See, there's a difference between a good idea and a difference between a God idea. 
You don't want a good idea. You want a God idea. God idea gives you godly results. Amen. Good ideas, they're just good. Mm-hmm, that's nice. But a God idea will blow your mind. A God idea will bless your socks off. A God idea will not just bless you, but everybody around you. How many know the Gathering Church was a God idea? I didn't make this up. This came straight from God, and I dared to believe him, just like Abraham dared to believe God. When God gives you a vision, the vision requires provision. You have to be willing to sacrifice to get the very thing that God wants you to have. What Abraham endured on his journey, he had to make sacrifices. Every step of the way, he made a sacrifice. If you read throughout Genesis chapter 12 and Genesis chapter 13, the Bible kind of said he built an altar and he sought the Lord. In other words, he made sacrifices along the way. Even when a famine came, and it seemed like the famine threw him off course, that he had to go back to Egypt so he could find some food there. Even then, God provided for him. He made sacrifices along the way. If you want to inherit the promises of God this morning, they will require you to have sacrifices along the way. He gives us clear vision, but the strategy shifts. The strategy changes. Last year, we were praying as a church, amen, a little bit around this time last year. And we began to fundraise and and raise money for our building fund, amen. And by the grace of God, we raised over $21,000 in a three-month period. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so I'm like, okay, woo, I'm excited, yes. The money's coming in. Okay, we're going to find a building. Many, many of you remember we were meeting at the Interfaith Chapel. I'm like, God, we're going to find a building. We're going to do it. Let's do it, God. This is the strategy. Let's do it, God. Let's do it. Find a building. Amen. I, I, I have, amen, my, one, of my, one, of, one of our architects um, draw us up a, a floor plan of what the building would, would, would look like. Amen. Something so beautiful, so we have different designs, something like the youth center, amen, something like the sanctuary like that where we will walk into, amen, and we had all these different, you know, ideas and these, and these floor plans of, of what we want the church to look like. It was like, Lord, um, this is what we're believing you for. We're preparing for our, amen, community care celebration, and we was like, Lord, you know, we're going to move into our building around the time of our community care celebration, and everything's going to be okay. Then a week before the community care celebration, we get bad news. Amen. That the city did not approve the permit for a church to be present there. I was upset. I was furious. To be quite honest, I was angry. Why'd you be angry too? You worked this hard to get to this place. Amen. I, I took some of you guys to look at the building. I was like, wow, this place is huge. And the door just got shut in our faces. And I said, Lord, what do we do? What do we do, God? It feels like all hope is lost. And he said, Arthur, I'd never change the vision. I would shift the strategy, but I'll never change the vision. And God began to speak to us. Amen. He began to give us strategy. He began to say, okay, this doesn't stop what you're doing. We had our community care celebration. Amen. 
Look at the lives that God caused us to touch. Look, look, look at the people that we fed that day. Look at the heart of the gathering. Look at all those people. That people far from God was experiencing life in Christ. God was calling us to be agents of change. And that's still the call for us today. Abraham went through different shifts. Abraham experienced heartache. He even tried to get the vision completed by himself. His wife said, here's Hagar. Maybe you should sleep with her and maybe God meant you should have a baby this way. To the point where she had the baby, had Ishmael. Amen. And after a while, she said, okay, you got to pit Hagar and Ishmael out. I'm sorry. They, <laughs> this is not working because that was the counterfeit. And my thing is when God gives you a vision, don't settle for a counterfeit. Don't settle for the second best. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, we're not going to move until you show us. And the Spirit of God spoke to us, and we had an executive board meeting yesterday, and we said, we're going to stay right here until God moves us. And God says, I'm not done building you yet, Gavin. Don't just look around and just get comfortable by the people that you see. Amen? Because there are many more that God's going to bring into this church. Amen? I believe there's going to be a time we're going to have two morning worship services. How about that? Is your vision that big? Come on. That we're going to have an 11 o'clock and a 1 o'clock. How about that? Amen? Come on, I don't hear you praising God. I hear it kind of weak in here. Come on. We are here to reach people far from God. It's not about the people who are here. It's about the people who are out there. And as long as our focus is out there, God will always bring people in here. Israel was moving towards the promise of God. They were mobile before they became permanent. God said, let my people go that they might go into the desert to worship me. God's people were mobile. They were moving. They were moving. They were moving until God had the appointed time for them to enter into a permanent space. And I believe that's the, I believe that's the will of God for the gathering. We will move. We will be mobile until God has the permanent facility for us. And so we will trust him. Amen. We're not going to complain. What happened when you complain? You remain. But when you praise, you get raised. Come on. And so we're not going to complain when we have the self-equipment. We're not going to complain that we're in, in this building and we're sitting at desk and it doesn't look like the way a church should look like. We're not going to complain. We're going to praise God regardless. We're going to praise God that we're not, we don't have to stand out in the rain this morning and have church. We don't have to be in someone's house scooped up having church, but that we have a place to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, in the spirit of truth. And so that's the type of mindset that the Father wants us to have today. God was calling Abraham to go. Notice that God is always on the move. You can't dispel God without feeling the word go. God is always on the move. The question is, are you on the move with him? Are you in line with him? What's your personal vision? What has God called you to do? What's your strategy? Maybe the first strategy you had didn't work. What's your next strategy? What's your divine strategy? Have you or are you making the adjustments needed to see the promise that God has for you come to pass? He wants you to inherit the promises 
that he has for you. To inherit the promises of God, we must have contagious faith. Somebody said contagious. Oh, that sounds weak. You got to sound contagious. Say contagious. Amen. Say audacious. Say bold. Say brassy. Somebody say loud. Your faith has to speak for you. Is your faith talking this morning? Because the last time I checked, God only responds to talking faith. See, faith is not just me saying a whole lot of things, but it is a standard in my heart that I believe beyond a shadow of doubt that God is going to do that what he said he's going to do. That no matter what obstacle comes my way, I would dare to trust him. I would dare to believe him. That I'm not going to give up on him no matter if everything else fails around me. God wants us to have an audacious faith. Your faith should say something to God. Is your faith talking this morning? Or are you just talking a whole lot of doubt and fear? Because we're quick sometimes as Christians to speak about all the things that we see, all the negative things that are happening around us, but we yet to speak words of faith, words that will encourage us. David said, I had to encourage myself in the Lord. He had to speak words of faith to say, no, God is going to come through for me. I don't see how it's going to work, but it's going to work. God has a resume with me. And on his resume, he's done this job. He's done that job. He's completed everything that he said he's going to do. So if God has not failed me then, he sure enough won't fail me now. Contagious, audacious faith. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Pastor, I just did a wonderful job. Amen. Beautifully eloquent job breaking the scripture down just a few weeks ago. Faith is the confidence of what we hope for. The assurance of the things we do not see. God wants your faith to be audacious this morning. He wants your faith to be bold and courageous this morning. He wants your faith to speak for you. When people see you, they should see your faith. They should see you daring to believe God. You shouldn't have the same perspective that the world does. The world has no hope. But the, blast, but the Bible says we have a blessed hope. <laughs> the world don't have no hope. When everything begins to go haywire and everything be go, be, begins to look crazy, the world has no hope. But you have the blessed hope that lives down in you. You have the Holy Ghost that lives on the inside of you. You have hope this morning, hope that's found in Jesus Christ. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. You want to please God? Have faith. You want to please God? Have audacious faith. Dare to believe him. If you want the promises of God for your life, you have to believe God like never before. You have to have what I call that blind faith. Because the Bible says, amen, we walk by faith and not by sight. What kind of faith is that? I call that blind faith. That I don't see it. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how God is going to make a way. But he will make a way out of no way. If God can split the Red Sea and he can swallow up, amen, Pharaoh's army, then he'll do the same for me. If Daniel could go down in the lion's den and God could shut the mouth of the lions around him, then God could shut the mouth of the lions around me. No matter what obstacle I see myself in, the God that I serve is a God of provision, and he will do 
this faith, we must dare to believe God. Gathering church, we must dare to believe God for this next level. I'm believing God this Easter, we're going to pack this house out. I'm believing God for every chair to be filled up in the name of Jesus. I'm believing God that we're going to have the largest salvations in those who command their life to Christ like never before. Because I have audacious faith this morning. I wish somebody was with me this morning. I wish someone would dare to believe God with me this morning. I wish someone would just stand up and give God praise right now. I wish someone who just dare to believe God and say, Pastor, I'm with you. I believe God with you. Oh, we're going to inherit this morning. Oh, we're going to take over the seed this morning. Oh, we're going to dominate for Jesus Christ this morning. Oh, we're going to make a difference for Christ this morning. We're going to make a change. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Audacious faith, courageous faith. He wants us to be bold. He wants us, amen, to, to have a faith that speaks. Jesus said when he healed those ten lepers and only one came back, he said, he said, go, go. He said, your faith has healed you. He didn't say what you said here. He said, your faith. I saw your faith. It pleased God. That's why he healed you. You want God to move for you? You want God to be on the go for you? You want to see things shift? Let your faith speak. Let your faith speak. The only way to be a Christian, the only way to be a follower of Jesus is through faith. Amen? The Bible says it's through faith. It's, it's through confessing. Amen? With your mouth, hallelujah, and believing in your heart, it's through faith. It says, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith. You profess your faith <laughs> and, and are saved. The Word of God says that. Courageous faith. Courageous faith. God wants us to have courageous faith. What are you daring God for this morning? What are you daring to believe God for this morning? Because I'm believing God for great things. I believe in God for great I'm holding on to the promise this morning. I'm holding on to the promise. Now, I might be discouraging, but I'm going to hold on to the promise of God. Yeah. 
transition not of earth or moon can stand build your hope on things eternal hold on to God's unchanging hand trust in him who would never leave you whatsoever years may bring when my earthly friends forsaken still more closely to him I cling hold on to God's unchanging hand. Build your hope on things eternal. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. We must have faith. We must dare to believe him. No, no matter how long the journey seems, the journey twists and turns, goes up rough mountains, goes down steep valleys, but I must dare to believe him. I must dare to trust him. If I'm going to inherit the promise, if I'm going to dominate and take dominion and take territory, I have to trust him. I have the clear vision to know it. I believe it. I, I, I see it. I have the mind to understand, to have that courageous faith. And so I'm preparing myself to go. I'm preparing myself to move forward in Jesus. Abraham said, and this is what Abraham did. He obeyed God. Verse 4 says, so Abraham went as the Lord told him. We have to gather in church. We're going as the Lord tells us. I don't know what the destination is going to leave. But I know that God has promised to make our name great. I know that God has called us to dominate in this season. I know that God has called us to take territory for him in this season. I know that God has called us to enlarge our numbers in this season. I'm looking, for, I'm looking for a Sunday where we have no seats left in this place. I'm looking for a Sunday where we see our name all over the paper. We didn't even put our stuff there because God made the opportunity to do it. Come on. When you dominate, that means you have power. That means you have a say-so. That means you have influence. That means you're taking charge. You're taking control. And see, what the problem is, some of us, we, 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 we want to wait till we, till we get there to do something. And God is saying, no, you got to do something now. So this is my last and my closing point. And it might sound awkward to you in the beginning. It might sound awkward, but I'm going to explain to you. So, number one, God wants us, amen, to have clear vision. Number two, if you're following along, you're writing the notes, amen. God wants us to have that courageous, that audacious faith. And number three, God wants us to dress for the wedding. <laughs> he wants us to dress for the wedding. We at the gathering church, we dress for the wedding. A little, little bit over a year ago, I went to a wedding, amen, and our pastor, Edgar and Sister Deborah, amen, got married on that day, amen. As a matter of fact, they just, they just actually made their first wedding anniversary last week, amen. And so we have a little something from the gathering church to say happy anniversary to you. That should be a nice dinner on us. Say we love you. Amen. It's for your gathering family. Give God praise. The many marriages don't make it the first year. <laughs> Pastor, I gave the money to the wife. Okay. 
That's how you, that's how you do it. Or just give it to her. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You choose the restaurant, though. How about that? <laughs> Amen. There you go. I trained you well. <laughs> but I went to their wedding. We, me and my wife, we were getting ready. And we, we, we were going to the wedding. And so as we were on our way to the Bronx, amen, I didn't call Deborah that day. And I, every time she tried to call my phone, I ignored it because I know she was like, where are y'all? Y'all supposed to be here. Did you pick up Edgar? We're going to get married. It's going to be like so. Every time she called, I just clicked and said, no, go to voicemail. No, 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 no. And so then finally, I think her, 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 her maid of honor, her, maid, her matron of honor called and said, um, I forgot to get um, the dress shirt for the ring bearer. I left it in Jersey, and we're already in the Bronx. We don't have a shirt. Oh, I said, Pastor Arthur, can you go, and can you pick up a shirt for us? And I'm just like, she's like, he wears this size. This is it. Don't worry about the money. I'll take it. Can you go pick up a shirt? So here we are. I'm dressed up in my suit. My wife has a beautiful ball gown on, and I'm going to pick up Pastor Edgar for his wedding day. I said, I'll pick you up from your house. So he's getting his hair cut. He's running around. And so I have to go, amen, shopping in a department store with a suit on, and my wife is in there with a ballroom gown on. And people are looking at us and saying, what in the world are you doing here with a ball gown on and a suit on. Everybody else is dressed down, got their winter coats on, got their jeans, got their boots on, and here you are all dressed up. Did you guys just get dressed up just to come through the store? No. I got this. We got what we needed. And the principal jumped out to me. God wants us to dress for where we're going, not where we are. He wants us to dress for where we're going. So people look at you now, you think you're all that. Mm-hmm, I do, praise God. Because you might think I'm nothing now, but I know I'm something now. <laughs> we dress for the wedding. Ball gown on, tuxedo on, stopping in the middle of a store, but that was not our destination. It just was a stop. And I'm telling you here that Becton Hall <laughs> is not our destination. It's just a stop. And what you're going through in your life today is not your destination. It's just a stop. We are dressed for the wedding. We are preparing ourselves for greater things. We are saying that the best is yet to come. So I better look like the best is yet to come. I better act like the best is yet to come. I better look and act and, and respond to people. Like the best is yet to come. You cannot let your current situation and circumstance define who you are. So what you failed the class this semester? That doesn't mean that you're a failure. So what you lost your job? That doesn't mean that all hope is gone. So what you had a setback? Often God uses a setback for a setup. I'm dressing for the wedding. I don't have to wait till I get there to do it. I'm living for the now, but I'm preparing for tomorrow. I'm preparing for my bright future. 
Last time I checked, God says he has a hope and a bright future for us. He said, I know the plans that I have for you. Well, I only know what God thinks about me. His word says, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. To prosper you, to bless you. And you're coming out and you're going in. He wants you to dominate. He wants you to inherit this morning. The gathering church, we will always prepare ourselves for where we want to go and not where we are. That's why we do all this. Pastor, this is all extra. We don't need this. Surely we don't need that. You can just talk. We don't need none of that stuff. We prepare ourselves for where we want to go. See, I'm looking for a day where we have a stage and lights, and every, every Sunday we come to worship, it's like a concert. Come on, that's what I'm talking about. That's the type of church I want to have. Every Sunday morning, there's dancing, there's rejoicing. It's like a concert, flashing lights, smoke, fog. It's a production for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. See, y'all can't, y'all don't see that, but that's what I see. If Hillsong can do it, why can't we do it here? Like, oh, that's nice. I wish I could go there. We can have it here. God has called us to think outside the box. We will not settle for less than God's best. I'm not going to get any building that we have to cut our vision down to fit into. The building has to fit the vision, not the vision trying to fit in the building. See, that's the problem. So you, you lower your standards to try to meet somebody else's standards. I don't work like that. If you wait for God, he'll give you the best. He'll give you the best. Adam, I mean, Abraham moved by faith according to the promise of God. God told him, get away from your location. Get away from your family. Get away from the things that seem familiar. Oftentimes when God calls you to do something, you have to separate yourself from the things that are around you. Sometimes you have to cut off family. I love you, mama. I love you, daddy. I love you, brother. I love you, sister. I love you, cousin. I know you mean well. But this is what God is telling me to do. And I have to follow God. I have to obey him. Abraham dared to believe God. We are daring to believe God. And as we read about the account of Abraham, we see that God blessed him. God blessed him. If you look in the, in, in, in the very next chapter, we see the blessings of God. We see what God has done from this mighty man of God. God said to Abraham, the Lord said to Abram, and after Lot had parted from him, he had to cut cords. He had to leave the familiar. He said, look around from where you are, the north, the south, the east, the west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go, walk the length, the breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. God gave Abraham a promise. He gave him something to inherit. He gave him a territory to dominate, that he could make a difference that he can make a difference, that he can make a change. And God blessed this man of God. And to this very day, as we look at the land of Israel, 
we see the blessings of God. As we who are engrafted, the Bible says in Galatians 3, he talks about us being engrafted, that when God gave Abraham the promise, I will make you a great nation, the Bible is actually saying that he gave him a sneak into the gospel so we could receive the promise of the Holy Spirit, that we could have a relationship with him. Only reason that God was giving his people land so they could build a temple to worship him. And what happened? God says, okay, it's not just about a land. It's about me having a relationship. So guess what? I'm a, don't even worry about the temple. I'm going to make you a temple. And you have become the temple of the Holy Spirit so that you may worship me, that you may have an encounter with me, that you can make a difference for me, that I can empower you, and that you can dominate this morning. God wants us to be agents of change. He wants us to walk in dominion. He wants us to take territory. He wants us to walk in the promises of God. So I encourage you this morning. The next couple of weeks are going to be awesome. You don't want to miss it. Invite a friend. Tell them it's time to dominate. It's time to make a change. It's time to take territory. It's time to get your life back. Remember, your life is out of control. Sometimes, sometimes you need to dominate your own life. Before you try to make a change somewhere else, you need to make sure yourself has changed. How about that? How about that? So God has called us to make a change in us. But only he can do it through us. So I challenge you this morning. If you know that God is calling you to inherit this morning, I'm going I'm, I'm to dare you to do something this morning. I just want you to stand up. I want you to stand up. You say, Pastor, I'm with you. I'm feeling you, Pastor. It's time for us to dominate. It's time for us to take this school for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's time for us to take our city. It's time for us to take Bergen County. It's time for us to make an impact in this nation. While everybody's crying broke, I serve a God who has a cattle on a thousand hills. I serve a God who walks down streets of gold. I serve a God who got real bling bling. How about that? I don't have to worry because last time I checked, Abraham said, He is Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. That all that I need him to be, he will be for me. What God has for me, it is for me. Because I'm dominating for him step by step. I walk by faith, not by sight. I'm taking firm, paced steps for him. And as a church, I'm daring you to join me. I'm daring you to believe with me. I'm daring you to say, Pastor, I want to dominate with you. I want to believe God. Some of you have unsaved loved ones you're believing him for. Come on. I, when I first got saved, my mother wasn't saved. Amen? I prayed for 10 years, 10 years, 10 years, 10 years, 10 years for my mother to become a believer. Amen? But look who's the usher at the door this morning in my church. I didn't know that was my mother back there, right? God does it. He said he will save you and your household. Come on now. Come on. I'm still believing God for other relatives. But he's going to do it. You have to dare to believe him today. You have to dare to trust him today. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father in heaven, we come before you. We thank you for this time. We ask that you will be glorified. Lord God, we know we spent the time far. Lord God, but we know that you are in it because you will speak a word for us today that you want us to inherit. You want us to dominate. So Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would strengthen us. Forgive us for our shortcomings. Forgive us for our waywardness. Forgive us for our double-mindedness, God. But we want to make a sure decision to trust you today. Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you're saying, Pastor, I want to recommit my life to Christ today. 
Oh, if you're saying, Pastor, I hear what you're saying. I want to dominate, but I don't know if I'm close to God. Well, I want to tell you, you are in the right place this morning. Because the Gathering Church is a place of grace where people who are far from God can experience life in Christ. If you want to experience life in Christ this morning, just raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. Because you're not by yourself this morning. We want to draw closer and closer and closer to Him. So, Father, I pray for those hands that are raised this morning. Father, as they pray in their own hearts, and they say, Lord, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. I believe, oh God, that if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that I will be saved, that I am saved, that I am a believer, that I am born again, that I can now experience life in Christ, that I now could take dominion, that I now can inherit the promises of Abraham. So, Father, I pray today that you'll cover each and every one, that you'll bless them, that you'll strengthen them, and that you'll be with them every step of the way, even now. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Come on and give the Lord a praise.